Blog Talk Radio. And this week's live broadcast of The Way of Healing. My name is Susan Brozak, and I'm a licensed clinical Christian psychotherapist and founder of Healing Word Psychotherapy Services, my private practice. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Tonight we are going to be looking at the freedom of forgiveness. And some of the broad topics to break down for you that we'll be taking a look at tonight What does it mean to truly forgive another person who's hurt you? If you forgive them, does that mean that reconciliation must take place? And what happens when we hold on to unforgiveness and harbor bitterness for prolonged periods of time? Also, is forgiveness instantaneous or is it a process? So this evening we're going to break these very important questions down. Um, And we're going to delve into what scripture has to say about them and what scripture has to say about forgiveness. So we'll also go through a biblically-based six-step plan of forgiving someone that I will. So you might want to have a pen and paper handy. Um, And we'll be looking at scripture verses that goes along with each of those six steps. And that will help you to process the emotions that go along with facing an offense work through those emotions, and then give them over to God as you make the decision to willfully forgive a person who's hurt you. You can be free from the torment of unforgiveness as you embrace the freedom to forgive. So that's our focus tonight, and I just think this is such an important um, to be looking at uh, for our broadcast because so often we hear the phrase, well, just forgive them. Just forgive the person that hurt you. And that's, that's true. We have to. But there is also a process that goes along with this. And so the process and some of the other nuances and details about forgiveness is going to be what we look at tonight in this brand new broadcast. So we're going to start out tonight by reading a passage of scripture. And my first question to pose to you is, What is unforgiveness? Um, Oftentimes we think of that as being pay back what you owe me. In other words, the person that hurt you is still on your hook. You're still looking for some sort of recompense from from them, some sort of repayment from them. Um, Might be waiting for an apology. And sometimes that's not possible to receive, especially if, For example, if the offender has passed away or if there's no communication there that's permitted. So we're going to look tonight um, at unforgiveness, and then we'll go into what is forgiveness. 
So the passage we're going to start with tonight is Matthew 18, 21 to 35. This is probably familiar to many of you. I'm going to take the time and read the entire passage because it is probably one of the key passages in Scripture that really goes in depth on um, what it means to forgive and the ramifications of forgiveness and of unforgiveness. So 18, starting with verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I still forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times, or other translations say 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who had wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents brought to him. But since he did not have the means to pay his master, to repay his master that he had be sold, along with his wife and children and all that he had, and repayment be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the master of that slave felt compassion, and he released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he would pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their master all that had happened. Then summoning him, his master said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that did with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his master, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers, some versions say the tormentors, until he would repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. So from this passage, we can see um, just the tremendous importance that our Lord places on forgiveness, and especially when you consider what he has done for us. There's a phrase that people often say, um, it's along the lines of he that has been forgiven much loves much. When you truly experience the forgiveness of God, you are heightened so much more so in your um, your uh, ability to be aware of sin and what it can do and the damage it can bring. And as a result, you desire to avoid that. And you desire to learn how to love on people all the much more because you realize what the Lord has forgiven you of. So I would kind of encourage you today to think of all of God's forgiveness towards you. What has he all forgiven you of? Um, 
I'm sure all of us could make a, lo- a lengthy list of all of the things that our Savior has forgiven us of. And then think also about the people that you've been holding captive in unforgiveness. And look at those two lists side by side. <laughs> and um, in doing so, um, you can really get a better perspective on what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do, which is also to go forward in forgiveness with those who have hurt you. And I'll get deeper into um, the types of offenses. Forgiveness uh, will be a process for a person, and especially when there's been severe abuse and those types of things. So by no means is this going to be a, a cliched diatribe of just go forgive. This is we're going to try to go deep tonight into um, exactly what forgiveness is and how to do it. Like I said at the beginning of the broadcast. Um, so at this point, then, what is forgiveness? So to break it down from the same passage that I just read from Matthew, forgiveness really can be considered a canceling of the debt. He canceled the debt and he let him go. So when we forgive a person, we're essentially saying, you don't owe me anything anymore. I'm not holding anything against you anymore. I'm not counting you as being um, held guilty in my eyes of what you did any longer. The Lord will, um, and I release you to the Lord. So you're letting them go off of your hook but they remain on the Lord's hook. They they remain responsible for what they did on God's hook, so to speak. So we'll kind of get into that further about when we forgive, how it's easier to think that just because we've let go of a severe or a strong offense, that doesn't mean that the Lord has by any means finished uh, dealing with that person if they have not repented. Um, so I want to go into now just some general thoughts on forgiveness. Then we will look at in depth what forgiveness is and what it isn't. And then we'll end the broadcast tonight by giving you those six steps uh, with the scriptures that coincide with them on how to process your way through forgiveness of someone that's hurt you. So first off, are some, just, these are some random thoughts that I've put together on forgiveness. Um, over the past 25 years or so that I've been in practice and uh, just observations I've learned, some great quotes I've taken note of, and so forth. Um, So we do our forgiving alone with the Lord inside our heart and our mind. What happens to the people we forgive depends on them. So when we forgive, we're doing it inside of ourselves And then we release them. What happens to them after that depends on what their actions are. Um, Another uh, point that I have down is the first person to benefit from forgiveness is the one who does it. Um, So sometimes I've even heard people say forgiveness is a selfish act. That's taken a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but basically it means you're the one that will benefit um, if you can choose to forgive somebody. On the flip side of that, though, forgiveness does cost us something. It is living, deciding to live with an individual may have wounded us. So we accept that, and then we forgive it. 
Um, so it's, it releases us from being in bondage to unforgiveness, but it also costs us the fact that we have to stop denying what they did and accept that they did do it and then allow the Lord to bring healing to our hearts. So um, forgiveness happens in three stages. We discover the humanity of the person who wronged us. Number two, we surrender our right to get even, that, that right to pay back, as I mentioned before. And three, we wish that person well. That number three part can be one of the hardest things to do. Um, it's one thing to um, forgive a person um, and to let it go and give them over to God. But to take that, that final step and wish them well and bless them, <laughs> if you will, um, can be very difficult. Um, but not in terms of when we have the Holy Spirit helping us, which is the key to all of this. When the Holy Spirit helps us, we are capable of doing that because of his power that lives within us. Okay, moving on here. Um, we forgive people only for what they do, not for who they are. I think there's that that would take me ten minutes to to uh, break that one down. But essentially, we're we're forgiving a person for an action, something they did to us, not forgiving them for who they are. Forgiveness is a journey. The deeper the wound, the longer the journey. And this goes back to that initial question that I had posed, which um, said, "Is forgiveness instantaneous or is it a process?" And the answer to that is. And the reason why it's a both and is because in some cases, if it's a minor offense, um, it, it can be fairly simple and, and quick to forgive someone. Um, it can be almost instantaneous, I would say. Um, but again, the deeper the wound, the longer the journey. So then it does become a process. And that process is what I'm going to outline for you um, as we uh, right before we close today. So if you are repeatedly offended or assaulted or sexually abused over years and years, that typically is not an instantaneous uh, forgiveness, um, although it can be with the help of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times the Lord will have us process through things um, in the process of forgiveness because we um, obtain hidden treasures in darkness, as I say. And also there's so much that we learn um, on our way to our on our way of our journey of of wholeness and healing, and forgiveness and and instantaneous forgiveness sometimes will um, not provide and teach us all the things that the Lord wants us to learn along the way. Okay, so um, forgiveness does not necessarily require us to reunite with a person who broke our trust. A lot of times I'll get asked by patients, okay, now that I've forgiven this person, does that mean that we have to reconcile? Reconciliation um, after forgiveness is certainly a possibility, um, and oftentimes it can be the case, but both parties have to be willing, and they have to desire it and be on board. So never go into a reconciliation meeting without having first forgiven. Uh, it doesn't end well. So what you would like to do in a situation like that is find out if the other party is desiring reconciliation. Um, and if you both are, 
then um, after forgiving one another, it's um, certainly something that can happen oftentimes, and the relationship can grow to even higher levels from that. So that's something the Lord can really use. Um, but again, it has to be if both parties are willing. There'll be times when it's not appropriate um, for reconciliation. It might not even be possible. Like I mentioned, the person might be deceased and so forth. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is faithful to lead in each one of those situations. Um, okay, so we do not forgive because we are supposed to. We forgive when we are ready to be healed. I would just tweak that first phrase a bit. We forgive because the Lord commanded us to do it, but also when we do it, that's when we will be healed. So I would change the phraseology just a bit on that because it is something that the Lord has commanded us to do. It's not a suggestion in scripture or a recommendation. Um, It is a mandate. And we need to take that seriously. However, it's also for our best interest, too, because when we do that, we're able to be healed. Um, Waiting for someone to repent before we forgive is to surrender our future to the person who wronged us. I think that's a really powerful statement. I'm going to read that again for you. Waiting for someone to repent before we forgive them is to surrender our future to the person who wronged us. So basically what that's that's saying is you're giving away your power. If you're waiting on somebody to repent and say they're sorry, you could be waiting forever. And in that sense, you kind of are in bondage to their actions, and that is not how the Lord wants us to live. You can forgive somebody without receiving an apology. And a lot of times that's the uh, typical case. We, We forgive without that apology. Um, forgiving is not a way to avoid pain, but to heal pain. So sometimes people will do what I kind of characterize as superficial forgiveness. They'll say, I forgive them, I forget, you know, it's forgiven. But I, I have to wonder, especially where there's been a severe or repeated offense, is that truly the case that they've done the hard work of forgiveness in a sense just feel the pain um you know it's possible to kind of trick your mind into thinking that you've forgiven but you haven't really processed anything um so just be aware of that uh again forgiveness isn't a way to avoid pain but to heal it and heal it means feeling it so forgiving someone who breaks the trust does not mean that we give him his job back that's kind of a colloquial way of saying Um, You aren't required when someone has broken your trust or betrayed you to get right back into whatever type of relationship had existed prior to the betrayal. Um, Forgiveness is the only way to be fair to ourselves. Again, that sounds selfish, but it is true from the standpoint of not being bound in unforgiveness and in which case we are given over to the tormentors, which sounds frightening, uh, but it's the reality in the spiritual realms if we hold on to an offense for years and years and refuse to forget. There can be tormenting spirits that uh, we have then given legal ground over to uh, because the enemy does not want to see us forget. He knows the power in that. That's why Jesus went to the cross. 
Um, let's see, if forgivers are not doormats, to forgive a person is not a signal that we are willing to put up with what they do. It's um, not giving them free reign to walk all, all over us. Um, we are instead choosing the high high road in offering them our forgiveness. It's not putting a stamp of, of approval on what they did. Forgiving is essential. Talking about it is optional. After you've forgiven someone, you don't have to go around and tell your 10 best friends that you finally forgave so-and-so. You can if you want, but that part is optional. When we forgive, we walk in, str- in stride with the forgiving God. We can do that brings us closer to God, and that also is being an imitator of Christ um, as we are to do. And the Bible says that the world will know us by our fruit. So when we're imitating God and forgiving like God forgave, um, people can really see the character of a true Christian in that situation. Um, So those are some thoughts I had for you on forgiveness. We're going to move on now to a little bit more in-depth um, reading on what forgiveness is and is not from a program written uh, by um, uh, Neil Anderson, Dr. Neil Anderson. He's written some wonderful books. This is from a booklet of his called The Seven Steps of Freedom in Christ. So this is from Step 3, um, Neil Anderson's writing. And he talks about what forgiveness is and is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. People who want to forget all that was done to them will find that they cannot do it. When God says that he will not remember your sins from Isaiah 43:25, he is saying that he will not use the past against us. Forgetting is a long-term byproduct of forgiveness, but it's never a means towards it. And some people never forget. Um, even though they have forgiven. In fact, um, a wonderful author, Lisa Turkers, just released a book not too long ago called "Forgetting," I'm sorry, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. So it's, it's uh, kind of a mis- misnomer that you're going to forget all about a very deep offense one day, although you might. Um, but forgetting should not be the goal um, of forgiveness, even though it could be a byproduct of it. Don't put off forgiving those who have hurt you, hoping that the pain will go away. Once you choose to forgive someone, then Christ will heal your wounds. We don't heal in order to forgive. We forgive in order to heal. Uh, The next point that Dr. Anderson makes is forgiveness is a choice and a decision of the will. Since God requires you to forgive, it's something you can do. Some people hold on to their anger as a means of protecting themselves, but all they're really doing is hurting themselves. I always say your fortress becomes your prison. You might build walls of protection around your heart so that you uh, don't get hurt again, but eventually that will backfire on you um, because you trap yourself inside. It becomes a prison, and then you're not able to connect in meaningful ways with people when you've built up those walls. The Bible teaches, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. That's from Romans 12, 19. Let God deal with the person. Let him or her off your hook. Because as long as you refuse to forgive someone, you're still hooked on to that person. You're still in your bitterness. So by forgiving, you let the other person off your hook 
but he or she is not off of God's hook, like I said before. And then you must trust that God's going to deal with that person justly and fairly, something that we as human beings just cannot do. You might say to yourself, but you don't know how much this person hurt me. And it's true, no other human really knows another person's pain, but Jesus does. And he instructed us to forgive others for our sake. So until you let go of your bitterness and hatred, that person continues to hurt you. Nobody can fix your past, but you can be free from it. So what you gain by forgiving is freedom from your past and those who have abused you. So to forgive is to set a captive free. And then you realize that you were the captive. Forgiveness is agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. And this is uh, harkens back to when I said before that um, forgiveness does come with um, a cost. And this is the cost. It's agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. So we essentially are all living with consequences of somebody else's sin. The only choice is whether to do so in the bondage of bitterness or in the freedom of forgiveness. But where is the justice? The cross makes forgiveness legally and morally right. Jesus died once for all our sins, past, present, and future. So we are to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. He did that by taking upon himself the consequences of our sins. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Corinthians 5.21. So don't wait for the other person to ask for your forgiveness. Remember, Jesus didn't wait for those who were crucifying him to apologize before he forgave them. Even while they mocked and jeered at him, he prayed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And that's Luke 23.34. Um, Next, forgive from your heart. I mentioned briefly before about tricking your mind into thinking you've forgiven. Forgiveness does not come from the mind. It's an act of the will that comes from your heart. And if it's not done from your heart, I might even argue that is it really true forgiveness. I don't know how you can fully forgive another human being's offense strictly from your intellect. I do believe it needs to come from your heart. So allow God to bring to the surface the painful memories and acknowledge how you feel towards those who've hurt you. If your forgiveness doesn't touch the emotional core of your life, it will be incomplete. Too often we're afraid of the pain, so we bury our emotions or stuff them deep down inside. Very unhealthy, can cause a lot of problems, even physical and medical problems, believe it or not. So let God bring those emotions to the surface so he can begin to heal them. Um, And two more, forgiveness is choosing not to hold someone's sin against him or her anymore. It is common for bitter people to bring up past offenses with those who have hurt them. They want them to feel as bad as they do. But we must let go of the past and choose to reject any thoughts of revenge. This doesn't mean you continue to put up with abuse. God does not tolerate sin, and neither should you continue to put up with abuse. You will need to set up scriptural boundaries that can put a stop to further abuse. 
So take a stand against the sin while continuing to exercise grace and forgiveness towards those who hurt you. This is very difficult, often involves um, inviting a third party in to help you, especially if there's an abusive situation going on, because there are multiple other ramifications that go along with that. So in, by no means am I trying to simplify this. I am merely um, going through this at a rapid pace for the sake of time. But this is a situation where abuse is involved um, That and forgiveness is, is something that's very difficult for people in those situations to um, deal with because of ongoing abuse. And that's when you do need to involve uh, a clinician or a professional or possibly even the authorities, depending on what is happening. Um, and, and finally, don't wait until you feel like forgiving in order to forgive, or you will never get there. Nobody feels like forgiving somebody, especially if it's been a deep wound. So if you make that hard, willful choice to forgive, even if you don't feel like it, there will be a reward. And once you choose to forgive, the enemy loses his legal ground, his hold on you, and God will then heal your wounded emotion. So given that we've now laid sort of a background or a framework for what forgiveness is and what it is not, I'd like to take the remainder of the time um, in this broadcast to walk you through a six-step program called Processing the Issues of the Heart. And this is authored by um, a gentleman by the name of Reverend Steve Peterson. Um, And he has since passed away and gone on to be with the Lord, but he had a tremendous ministry out of Omaha um, where he uh, specialized in relational issues and um, helping people get set free relationally, situations like unforgiveness, uh, boundary setting, um, and uh, dealing with uh, pride and different issues that our flesh um, has to work through as we learn how to walk in the spirit. So this, it comes from his material that I was trained in, and it is to this day, I was introduced to this in 2004, almost 20 years ago, and to this day, it's the best program that I have ever seen for helping people to process through deep offenses. So we are going to start out with, and this is where I said if you have a piece of paper and a pen, um, it might be valuable to jot down some of what I'm about to share with you. So these are six steps to process the issues of the heart with the end goal of being forgiving and canceling the debt. So number one, um, it asks a couple questions, and goal here is to write down the answers as you do so, um, perhaps after the program has ended or whenever the Lord puts it on your heart. Who or what has offended you and or... Who or what have you lost? So that's the first pair of questions to answer. You can pick, and I I suggest you pick one incident or one person at a time and do this process for each. It it gets very complex if you try to process forgiveness for at the same time. This is very specific, and this isn't 
a sprint. It can be a marathon and take your time through it. So again, who or what has offended you or who or what have you lost? So the scripture um, for this particular um, part of our process is Psalm 26.2. And that says, examine me, Lord, and put me to the test. Refine my mind and my heart. And questions that follow are list of specific offenses, hurts, or losses, and the people involved. And then choose one of the above offenses, hurts, or losses to process at this time. So they're going to ask you to list um, a group of offenses or losses and then to choose one. The second step is how have you been affected? And the scripture that's quoted here is Psalm 139.23, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts. And some translations say, uh, try my anxious thoughts. So that's the verse that this step is based on. And then the follow-up questions are, how has this specific offense, hurt, or loss affected you? A, what have your thoughts been? And B, what have your feelings been? So it's going to ask you to specifically write down and list out what have your thoughts been about that person and what have your feelings been towards them. We're going to just use a forgiving a person um, in this context just to save on time. But again, this can also be used for a loss as well. And then step three is how have you responded? And Psalm 139.24 is the scripture for this step, um, and it says, and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. You may recognize these psalms as David's writing. Um, so again, this question for number three is, how have you responded to the offense? A, what have you said? B, what have you done? And C, what have you decided? These are all very key questions because a person can sin against us, but then we, depending on how we process that offense and that sin, we can actually have a sin of response. And what I mean by that is if somebody hurts you severely um, in an emotional way, let's say in this example, um, your response could be sinful as well. You could turn around and stab them in the back, or you could turn around and go and hurt them in some other way that you know would be um, damaging to them. So you also have to look at what you might have done in response to what they did to you. And this is a very convicting and humbling part of this process is what have you said, done, and decided as a result of what they did to you? When it asks what have you decided, that usually gets to a place of what I call an inner vow, um, did you make an inner vow? And what an inner vow typically is, is a, something that you just say within inside of your heart. Um, it's not always necessarily a conscious exercise, but um, some examples of inner vows will be, well, I will never allow anybody to get close to me again, because if they get close to me, they'll hurt me, and I won't be vulnerable ever again. So, inner vows usually have an always or a never statement attached to them. So you might want to do a heart check on this one and just see if you 
were hurt by an individual, did you make an inner vow as a result of that particular offense that was done to you? Okay, we're going to move on to step four of this six-step process of processing the issues of your heart. And step number four is pour out your heart. There are two scriptures that go along with this. The first one is Psalm 62, verse 8, which says, Him at all times, you people, pour out your hearts before him. God is a a refuge for us. So this is a great way to um, really pour out. And I usually have in my practice, I'll, I'll encourage patients to do this in a written form, um, to write out and pour out their hearts to God in writing. The second scripture that goes along with pour out your heart is Psalm 142, 1 to 2. And it says, I cry out with my voice to the Lord. With my voice, I implore the Lord for compassion. I pour out my complaints before him. I declare my trouble before him. So you can see here that David in Psalms went through this process also. And that's what I love about Psalms as a child of God and also as a therapist is that we have a template or a model beautifully done by David for the issues that hurt us in life and how to, how to move through those and move past those. So, again, step four, pour out your heart. A, pour out your heart to the Lord and let him know exactly how you feel. And, again, I would recommend doing this in writing. You don't have to, but it, it seems to get the process started um, easier. Um, B, express your unmet desires to the Lord. Sometimes um, we'll have unmet desires within a particular set of circumstances that have hurt us, and identifying what those are and telling the Lord about them is part of our healing journey. C, express your current desires to the Lord. And then D, express thanks to the Lord. This is also patterned by David, who would do all of these things, and then he would always, most of the time, if not always, wind up at a place of praise um, and thanksgiving to God. So he would process, he would um, muddle through his emotional responses, and then he would end up with his gratitude and thanksgiving and worship and praise of God. And that's actually such a healthy model for us because we, we can get through the depths of our feelings and then going back to that place of remembering how good our God is and how worthy of praise he is. Okay, step five, um, the issue uh, in processing the issues of the heart is the actual step to forgive. And this, again, um, comes from Matthew 18, 21 to 35, which I read to you at the beginning of this broadcast. So if you want to reread that, it is Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And then A, write out your confession of unforgiveness to the Lord along with related wrong attitudes and or responses. So you'd actually be writing out, um, confessing, um, if you will, who you're choosing to forgive um, and writing that to God along with any of the things that you may have done as a sin of response, like we talked about just a couple of minutes ago. 
Um, so once you have chosen to forgive this person, and a lot of times I'll help people by saying, use the words, I will to forgive. I choose to forgive. I will to forgive. Because a lot of times um, people have difficulty with, with saying, I forgive. <laughs> Um, but when you activate your will, which is what you have to do to forgive, because it's not a feeling, it's a decision, I will to forgive so-and-so, um, it seems to, I think, set more of a descriptor around what it is we're actually doing. We're exercising our will in that moment. So once you have um, chosen to forgive them, cancel the debt. So there's um if you're writing this out you can even write something along the lines of paid in full right over the piece of paper um that has the different offenses that that person has perpetrated upon you you can write paid in full or canceled um and then um also for this step write out your prayer to the lord expressing your decision to forgive the person who has offended you. So, again, it's just writing out with the Lord, Lord God, I have chosen to forgive so-and-so for this particular offense. And it helps to bring closure when you do it that way. And then finally, the final step in processing the issues of your heart is to release that offense, hurt, and loss to the Lord. Um, And there are some scriptures here that I think are important to read Um, that this step is based upon. And the first one is Psalm 55, 22 to 23. Cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. But you, God, will bring them down to the pit of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit will not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Um, Romans 12, 16 to 21 is also used as the basis for this step. And I will read that. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Never repay evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all people. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, Be at peace with all people. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a lot of tough admonitions in there, but it's so important that we heed Jesus' words there. And then the final verse um, that is listed for this step is Psalm 19:14, and it says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So for this final step, the release of the offense, Entrust the person to the Lord. So it's a a willful decision, again, to say to God, I entrust so-and-so into your care. Write down who or what you are committing to the Lord, and then pray for that person who has offended or hurt you. And that step is based upon two other scriptures, Luke 23, 34, 
which says, but Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots. This is while he was hanging on the cross. And they cast lots, dividing his garments among themselves. And then also Matthew 5, 43 to 45. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may prove yourselves to be sons of your father who is in heaven for he causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. So those are the six steps um, for processing the issues of of the heart when you have been hurt and when you know the Lord is prompting you to forgive. So just as we wrap up here tonight, um, I thought I'd end with just a few emotional health benefits um, from going through the process of forgiveness, which by no means is an easy one. Uh, I in no way intended to make it seem that way, and if I did, I certainly um, uh, that certainly was done inadvertently. This is a difficult thing to do. It's a, a serious thing to do, and it is a necessary thing to do. But we can do it with the help and the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. So before you even sit down to begin your journey of forgiveness, invite the Holy Spirit to show you and lead you and strengthen you and comfort you as you engage in this process. So some emotional uh, health benefits after forgiveness, um, and these have been studied, decreased levels of anger, increased feelings of love, enhanced capacity to trust, a feeling of freedom from events of the past, and overall improved health, even physical health. A lot of people will tell me that after they've forgiven a certain Uh, Maybe an autoimmune issue they've had um, has lessened, the symptoms of which have gotten better, or um, there there are even more links that um, connect unforgiveness with um, medical health problems. So when you've truly gone through forgiveness, you may even notice um, improvement in certain elements of your physical health as well. So that is what I have for you today. Uh, We are just about out of time, and I hope that uh, this broadcast tonight has blessed you. And let me close us in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to discuss tonight one of the topics that you mentioned so frequently in Scripture, and it's that of forgiveness, Lord. And the reason, Lord God, that you want us to forgive is is manifold. It's for for others, and it's for ourselves, and Lord, also, it's because of what you did for us. And your word even says that if we don't forgive, that you won't forgive us, Lord God. And so we know that we need your forgiveness. Help us to be obedient to your word when it asks us to extend forgiveness to those who have wronged us, Lord. I pray that this message tonight uh, will reach all who are listening in the exact ways that you desire it to. I pray that you would work on individual hearts um, as people take in what was spoken, Lord, and um, as they set their mind to forgiving that person, Lord, that you've been 
nudging them to let go of maybe for some time now, Lord God, or if it's a recent offense, Lord, you know each person's uh, particular and unique situation. So, Lord Jesus, I just ask that your Holy Spirit um, would just uh, come in power and help those, uh, give them strength that are setting out on this journey of forgiveness, Lord God. And we thank you that many will be set free. We thank you in advance that um, when we do forgive, we recognize that we were holding ourselves captive as well. And so I pray now uh, for protection, safety, prosperity, health, uh, Lord God, uh, freedom and healing um, and breaking of bondages over all who are listening in all different parts of the world this evening, Lord God. We just uh, pray all these things now in your glorious and holy name. Amen. So thank you again so much for listening tonight. I hope you'll join me again next month for my broadcast, The Way of Healing. And if you'd like to contact me directly at Healing Word, my private practice, please feel free to call 414-254-9862 or visit my website at www.healing-word.com. Thank you so much and God's richest blessings be upon you.